0: Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the Financial Coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, just anecdotally, uh, we're going to talk about apartment REITs today. Uh, I had occasion recently to visit my old hometown of Winnipeg, and between what I saw there and what I see here in the city I live in now in Edmonton, the number of apartment buildings that have gone up to me, is mind-boggling. <laughs> but people have to have somewhere to
1: live, right? That's uh, the the investment case for this entire show, is that, you know, one of the most conservative ways to invest is to focus on essentials that you can't do without, you know, and certainly we all need a place to live, you know. I'm just not brave enough to live in a tent in a park, Gord. No, exactly, Yeah. <laughs>
0: So where do we start with this? Like this is a sector, a REIT is a real estate investment trust, and there are obviously companies that buy these things in in number, and you can purchase that REIT. Is that the way it works?
1: That is exactly the way it works. And so, I mean, obviously, as an investor, uh, you can get your own rental property, or uh, if that financial ask is too big for you, an easier way... Is to invest in an apartment real estate investment trust, and the trusts that we're going to be mentioning here at the end of the show, well, they're diversified. Some of them are spread across Canada, some of them have concentrations in a couple of provinces, but you get a lot more diversification than you can if you you have one little unit that you're renting out uh, someplace. So. And you can certainly do it for a lot less. You know, many of these units are trading at 30 or $40 a unit. So for a couple hundred bucks, you can get exposure to the sector.
0: Now, a lot of people would be perhaps listening to this and thinking, well, why would I want to buy into apartments? Let's just take a look at some of the numbers that, that deal with this. I mean, the net the immigration into Canada
1: in the last year is in excess of a million people, correct? 1.2 million people came in last year. That means the population growth was over 3%. And I think the last time we had population growth over 3% in one year was way back in the early 50s. And that's when you still had a lot of people emigrating here from Europe, uh, trying to get away from poverty and, and all the problems they were having over there. So just to put that in perspective, you know, the supply of apartment units rose by 1.7% nationally. But that isn't nearly enough to match the level of demand. It's almost a little if over you, a half, right? Yeah. Yeah. If if you look at the number of people that came in, uh, we'd need around six hundred and eighty thousand units to to house all these people. And in a good year, that's when the construction industry is running flat out. We're able to produce about a third. Of uh, those units so you know and you talk to the government and they it, it looks like they're going to slow down immigration a little bit but it doesn't look like they have any plans uh, to to squelch back immigration so that we can sort of absorb uh, the amount of new people that's come in and certainly you're not only seeing that in the housing market but you're seeing that in schools where many places that are popular for immigrants to come in class size is burgeoned, where, uh, you know, kids are sitting out in the hallway, you go to hospitals, and you can't find a doctor, you you can't uh, get into an emergency ward unless you have something serious, you'll sit there for half a day. So, you know, our infrastructure is absolutely um, groaning and busting at the seams because of all the people coming in. But certainly a way to play this is to own apartment REITs because, frankly, the the people just keep on coming. And uh, if you look at the vacancy rate, well, the vacancy rate in Canada right now is about 1.5%. And historically, it's been 3.2%. And you look at the average rent growth for a two-bedroom suite in Canada was 8% last year. And in 2022... It was up 5.6% in 2021, up 3%, and up 3.5% in 2020. So, you know, rents have been going up dramatically.
0: Yeah, that's that's a substantial increase. And I know if you have anybody that's living in a city like Toronto or Vancouver, as an example, trying to find a place to live that's affordable is a challenge for a lot of people, right? So these apartments, and as I say, the, the, the number that I see going up is just, to me, it's it's encouraging, but as you point out, they're still lagging behind what's needed. So this is a problem that's going to go on for a while, but it's a good area to be thinking about investing in.
1: Uh, and uh, certainly you look at uh, location, and uh, the fundamentals in Canada Gord are way better than they are in the U.S. Uh, You know, the rental apartment market in Canada is considerably tighter. You know, we talked about vacancy in Canada being about one and a half percent. Well, vacancy in the U.S. is around 8.3 percent. And you look at rent growth. Well, rent growth in Canada last year was 8 percent. It was up about 1.6 percent in the U.S. So the fundamentals in Canada are much better right now for investing in apartments uh, than they are south of the border.
0: And house prices are getting higher in a lot of markets, and a lot of people pl-
1: just plain can't afford it, right? So rental is their option. Rental, for most of them, like uh, like you say, Gord, is the only option. I mean, you can maybe find, uh, move in with relatives if you have them, or uh, you can rent an rv i mean you see in warmer places especially out in bc and uh, places in the maritimes where people will buy an rv and stay for the winter or or buy an rv and and uh and uh, live in it in canada and during the summer and when it gets too cold up here they take it down south with them so you know there's there's other options or maybe some tiny homes but or trailers but there there is not many options for people wanting to own and so the most convenient alternative is to rent.
0: And you, you talked about the government incentives to builders. The other thing that's happening is legislation that's being passed by a lot of municipalities uh, for infill, which in, in some areas, granted, I know that's a tender topic for a lot of people in mature, established neighborhoods. They aren't really thrilled with the idea of an eightplex going up next door to them. But
1: that's the reality that, that, that people are dealing with now, Right. Yeah, and that's where the growth is going to come from. I mean, the government is just going to have to cut some of the red tape to get things built, uh, or they're going to have to cut down on immigration. And maybe it'll be a combination of both. And certainly, we've got interest rates are, are starting to come down, and inflation is cooling off, which is reducing the cost for developers to, uh, to get construction loans and buy materials. So, uh, that all bodes actually pretty well to see more units going up. And, of course, a lot of the big REITs in Canada are just going flat out building uh, new construction projects. And, of course, with each one they put up, that just adds more positive cash flow to their bottom line.
0: Okay, those are the positives of why all of this is a pretty good idea to take a look. There have to We always like to point out there are some negatives, right? And what's at the top of the list there?
1: Well, I'd say there's really four negatives that, uh, that I see, and uh, the first one is rent controls. Most Canadian markets, surprisingly enough, are subject to rent control, which limits the annual rate that in landlords are allowed to increase the rent. And for 2024, just to give you a snapshot, the rent increase is capped at 5% in Nova Scotia, 3.5% in B.C., 2.5% in um, Ontario – and uh, Alberta, the, the land of the free, uh, there, is, there is no rent control. Now, they do get around that by uh, when somebody moves out, uh, the manager will shut the suite down for a month or two and do major renovations to it. So, you know, spruce the place up, fix the bathroom, get a better kitchen, those kind of things. And of course, then they can charge higher rents. So that's one way to get around it. But it, it it's tough because right now, if you have a place to live, uh, the turnover is not very high. Yeah, you're so not leaving one a half. nowhere else. Yeah, to go. you're not leaving, so it's harder to it's harder to do that in places that 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 have rent control. And of course, you know, you were talking about that a couple of minutes ago. It's NIMBY, not in my backyard. No one wants apartments, especially subsidized housing which is really the government push right now. Uh, nobody wants subsidized housing in their neighborhood, especially if they're in a nice neighborhood. So and you mentioned
0: rates are coming down. As you say, if they stay high, that's obviously not an incentive to these builders. They're going to sit back and wait for the, the financial landscape to look a lot better,
1: correct? Yeah, and of course, once you have lower interest rates, it also uh, enables people to buy houses again. So uh, high interest rates uh, make it expensive to build, but lower interest rates also increase the ability of people to buy their own property so uh that's a two-sided uh, that's a two-sided coin for sure
0: so now as you said there are several players in this landscape and uh, the one that you had first on your list here i know well I, I see the sign everywhere this is a boardwalk property
1: yeah so we're going to look at five of the biggest players in the apartment REIT sector and the first one we're going to talk about is boardwalk and their symbol, they trade in Toronto, is BEI.UN. Now, Boardwalk is a company that if you're interested in a concentration in Alberta, that's where they have the largest number of apartment units. and that So their concentration is 62% in Alberta and 18% in Quebec. And, of course, the share price over the last year is up 29%. And the main reason for that is because of the large concentration of units in alberta and alberta doesn't have rent controls they don't have to worry about their ability to raise prices the yield on this is 1.9 percent
0: the other one cap Reet. this is one i'm not familiar with i guess basically are they an eastern based sort of establishment or
1: cap Reet is 43 percent in ontario and in Quebec, and the symbol is car, C-A-R dot U-N, and they're the only REIT really with significant representation in B.C., and that's 12%. Their yield's 2.9%, and their one-year growth in share price is about 2%. So uh, you want to buy this REIT, it gives you probably the best geographic exposure across the country, with significant exposure in Ontario, Quebec, the Maritimes, B.C., and Alberta. InterRent, another one I don't know. Well, InterRent and Minto are the two that you really want to own, gourd if you wanted to concentrate on Ontario and Quebec. InterRent, uh, IIP.UN, has 72% of their holdings in Ontario, 24% Quebec. Uh, they've got a 2% yield, and the one-year increase in share price is minus 2%, whereas Minto has 67% in Ontario, 22% in Quebec, a 3% yield, and uh, their one-year increase is 5.5%. Uh, their symbol, they trade on Toronto as well, is mi.un. Good question that pops into my mind, Ron, here is if you take a look at
0: Interrent and the share price is down, uh, there's been a lot of immigration into Ontario and Quebec, hasn't
1: there? I mean, what's the deal? Yeah, there? what yeah, has what hurt these guys? And, uh, you know, actually, I should have probably included this in some of my negatives, is that many of these REITs had mortgages on the properties that they owned that came due. And, of course, they had to uh, roll those mortgages over. Many of them were 2 or 3% and were now rolling over at 5 to 6%.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So many of the REITs have taken short-term mortgages out because it looks like rates are going to start coming down later this year. And uh, that should, uh, and as, as rates come down, the new mortgages that they have coming due as well, they're, they're able to roll over. So some of these guys got caught a little flat-footed on the mortgage side, so that's why we've seen them soft. But uh, it really does put the wind at their back if interest rates come down. And certainly the last one on our list here is Killam. And Killam, KMP.UN, this is for individuals that really want to get exposure. To the maritimes, and of course, the maritimes have some of the cheapest housing in Canada. But also, they have more of a salubrious climate. So, it used to be that Vancouver Island and the Okanagan were two of the favored retirement destinations for for Canadians once they, they hit uh, the golden they got to their golden years. But now, people are looking and saying, "Wow, house prices in the Okanagan and the Island and Vancouver." Uh, they're through the roof, whereas, you know, you can still buy a ni- homes all day long uh, with uh, on parks, with the beautiful yards for $300,000. So uh, people are moving out to um, the Maritimes, and Killam has got 56% of its exposure in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, and only 20% in Ontario. Uh, they've got the best yield here of the bunch at 3.5%. And a one-year increase in share price of 8.3 percent. And Kellum's also been health Gord, because more and more people are finding that they really don't have to go into the office. They can do a lot of their work remotely. And uh, frankly, what would you rather do? Would you rather live in a in a squirrel cage on the 65th floor of a condo in downtown Toronto at uh, 600 square? feet? Or would you rather move to the Maritimes, which has got good internet access, you can have your own home uh, for 300000 or, you know, you can rent for twelve to $1,400 a month, you know. And for a lot of people, just uh, getting away from the cold and uh, having a place where they can breathe and they can spread out a bit is worth it. So, uh, you know, one of the hottest markets in Canada has been uh, the Maritimes.
0: Well, one cautionary note there—they do get the odd storm in the winter, as we know. Oh boy, do they and ever! Deuces, you know? <laughs> those nor'easters, but uh, we are in Canada. We have to remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and all I'm saying is—is uh, is in comparison. I mean, you go to—oh yeah—you you go to Nova Scotia.
0: The Annapolis and, you know, Valley is
1: a fabulous area.
0: Uh, oh, <laughs> great fruit-growing country. They make wine there. It's 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 an
1: absolutely wonderful part of Canada. And uh, it's way cheaper. So if you're going to retire and uh, on B- B.C. in southern Ontario have priced you out of their market, well, uh, I know a number of people that have uh, moved down to the Annapolis Valley area, and uh, they're, they're not regretting it. They say, actually, the snow is amazing. They get way more snow there in the winter than, than they usually do on the prairies. But, you know, that's for a couple months a year. They're near the water. Uh, the, the weather's kind of temperate the rest of the year. And uh, prices are fairly inexpensive. So, you know, win-win.
0: When to look at apartment REITs. Uh, Again, do your homework, but it's a suggestion. That's what we're all about here on Making Money. And and if you have a question about this that we didn't quite flesh out to your satisfaction, feel free to drop us a note. You can reach us through our website at letsmakemoney.ca or through our friends at cfcw.com where the show is hosted. We'll be back again next week with another edition. This time around, Ron, we're going to take a look at some of the sectors that offer really good yields relating to dividends. We've talked about this in the past, but we're going to drill down a little bit here, correct?
1: We are going to drill down because in my career of over four decades in the industry, Gord, I have seldom seen times, you have to go back to the early 80s, to find quality companies that paid income, or dividends at the levels they're paying right now so we've got lots of suggestions so if you're looking toward retirement you're shocked because all of a sudden you're seeing interest rates start to drop well there's still some quality companies you can own where you can get to dividends north of six percent that are high quality
0: so there you go a little teaser for next week we hope you can join us then on behalf of the financial coach Ron Hebert I'm Gord Whitehead thanks for listening the information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.